Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. And it was obvious he was bothered by that chest injury, and you wonder, should Case Keenum have been in the game earlier? Are you wearing the same shirt as you wore last night? I just want to check that. I'm checking. Possibly. Ah! Oh, I caught him, guys. Kristen, make sure you can pull up that video. I caught oh, There it is. What a – he's a double dipper. A double dipper. Oh, my gosh. He lives in Chateau, Chateau de Florio, and he couldn't find another collared shirt to wear today. Damn, I got you. You're busted. Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Sweaty, gross, wearing it all Sunday night. Sweaty, gross, under hot lights. Hey, yeah, I'll just throw it on the next morning, guys. That's yeah, no big deal. Probably a little sweaty pit syndrome in there. Who knows? I don't know. Gross. <laughs> you know, I've done it before. I've done it before when I've sat next to you in the studio there. Oh. You never noticed before. I know. You're right. I have not noticed that. I'll be checking. No. I'll check some other time. But you won't be pulling it buy me any more on any other Mondays I'll be checking for now on it's two different looks it's two different looks I know one with jacket and tie and one without jacket and tie it's not the same shirt it may be the same shirt what? but it's a different look yes. so it's okay oh okay it's a different look okay right <laughs> okay <laughs> and it's an extension of the same day I mean really from Sunday night into Monday morning what's the difference between Sunday morning and a Sunday night I only wear the thing for a couple of hours yeah. What's the, what's the difference? Hey, it's not sure. like I had it on all day. Yep. No, that's right. right. Just keep justifying it for yourself. Doesn't all make good. it any no better, does it? <laughs> it's the not Wednesday that bad. You're right, but I'm not going to let you live. off the hook. Thank you. Thank you. Peacock, hello to everyone who is enjoying the program through the excellent NBC streaming service, Sirius XM 211 as well. NBCSN for the rear at 9 a.m. Eastern and Sky Sports, NFL, 7 o'clock, UK, Ireland, prime time, baby, and podcast time. Whenever you feel like listening, we're available. Well, after the show's over, you can't listen to the podcast until the show's over. So if you want to hear it live, you got to get Peacock or Sirius XM 211. And let's get into it yeah. because the show's over in Miami for Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's Tua time. Of all the times for it to be Tua time, yesterday, Tua Tagovailoa named the starter as the Dolphins start into their bye week. They got the Rams on the other side week eight. Three and three are the Miami Dolphins. Fitzpatrick has been far more Fitzmagic than Fitztragic. It was yeah. a little rough start to the season, but he's been very good since then. They're three and one over the last four games. Christopher, your reaction when you heard yesterday that your former colleague in New England, Brian Flores, had decided to make the switch from Fitzpatrick to the rookie. Well, I mean, I was surprised. I was. I'm not going to say I was like, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did this. I, I, I wasn't shocked. And I, I'll say this for, for this reason. Over the last week, I had definitely thought about like, okay, we saw Tua. Or, I mean, we saw Tua the other day. But even before that, I, stepped, I, I was thinking, when? 
at what point do they infuse him in there? They're kind of getting into a tough spot. You know, after they beat the 49ers and they go two and three, you go, oh, they, they look kind of good, you know, and they're definitely going to beat the Jets, so they're going to be three and three. You know, so there's two things here. I mean, the first is they're going into a bye week, right? So we always know that's great for the quarterback and doing all those things. But I think the reason that I'm not surprised or maybe not just shocked is look at their schedule. Look at what is set up. Now, the bye week, they got the Rams, but then they got the Cardinals, the, Char the, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets, and the Bengals. I mean, they could be sitting here at 8-4 in another five weeks, and then what are you going to do? Bench Ryan Fitzpatrick? Or what? then what are you going to do? Go 10-6 and six and just get in the playoffs and then abandon the Ryan Fitzpatrick ship and kind of set the narrative in a negative way for Tua next year? Well, he's taking over a playoff team. Why isn't this working? You mean like wait? You mean like Patrick Mahomes did? Well, yes, but uh, he, this is just this is different, and they don't feel the same way there. It's a little different that way. You know, they're, they're, this is that was already a playoff team before that. This is like oh, they're building something, and I think they're probably a little fearful of that. And then let alone the team is finally, I think, in a spot where they go, okay, we're pretty good. Let's put our quarterback in there. We're not putting him, you know, with a work in progress where everything's crazy around him, and then he can't be good either, and it looks like we've wasted a draft pick. So I just think the stars have aligned with where they're at and where their schedule's at to where they think this is the time. The time is now. And I was mainly giving you a hard time by referring to Patrick Mahomes yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs because it is a different situation. They were a perennial playoff team under Andy Reid and Alex Smith. Right. And it was obvious the moment that Mahomes was drafted that at some point they're going to try to upgrade. They're going to try to go next level. Oh, and by the way, it, it worked. next level. Right. And, and let me tell you this. I still believe when the offense sputtered in the 2017 season, they should have gone from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. And if they had, we all would have been treated to the Patrick Mahomes show earlier than we were. And who knows what would have happened in the 2017 season between the Patriots and the Chiefs in the postseason if the Mahomes experiment had begun earlier. But there's an alternate universe out there where that happened. And again, who knows what would have happened if the Chiefs had gone with Mahomes. Here, because you're dealing with a team that is bad far more often than not, they did bounce their way into the playoffs in 2016, a quick one and done at Pittsburgh. We don't even think about that when we reflect on the last decade of right. Miami Dolphins. If all of a sudden you get to the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick, then you're going to have a faction of your fan base yes. that wants to stick with him. Right. And it does start looking like a wasted pick or it's too much pressure on Tua Tagovailoa. So do it now before everything starts to potentially keep moving in a direction that makes it harder to do it later. And, Chris, here's the other thing, too. We always know that Ryan Fitzpatrick goes from Fitzmagic to Fitztragic. It's just a matter of time. Once everyone is bought in to the fact that Fitzpatrick is really good, that's when he goes out and throws four interceptions. And then we're like, damn, what happened to that guy that was really good? So, you know, the coaching staff in Miami yeah. knows it's coming at some point. Right. Let's go ahead and, and, and walk away at three and three. Thank you, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for getting us to 500 through six games. That's the right. rookie's going to take it from here. Right. And I'm a firm believer they should have just gone with him from week one. Look, the, the, the moment you draft the guy in the top 10, you know, the, the pendulum swung in 2008 when Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco both started week yeah. one. Flacco started week one because Troy Smith got a case of tonsillitis during training yep. camp and the preseason, and the, the, the Ravens became comfortable with the notion that Flacco could protect himself be behind an offensive line that wasn't spectacular. Starting then, the default has been, other than Mahomes, really, who's the other high pick at quarterback since 2008 that has to sit for a year or two? Uh, yeah, you're it right. doesn't happen it anymore. Doesn't. No. So, so get him on the field. Let's see what happens. Let's see if he can stay healthy. Let's see if he's any good. And you know, Chris, I'd be nervous as a Dolphins fan, just the historical statistical reality that to pull three quarterbacks in the top 10 and have them all end up being really good doesn't happen. Happened kind of in 2004 with Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger yeah. was number 11, though. Right. Odds are... With Justin Herbert looking great and Joe Burrow looking great, odds are the Dolphins got the bust. Let's let's just find out. Let's, let's see what we out. got. Let's That's put him right. on the field. Because it'll be better next year. 
You get him reps now, he'll be better next year instead of waiting until next year to put him in the front. I, I think that's what their their main thought is, is it's not about this year. I mean, yeah, let's let's hope he can bring us to the playoffs and we can be a contender and all of those things. But, you know, if they have to take a step back to take two steps forward for the 2021 season, I think they'll take that. I think that's what exactly what they're doing. I mean, you explained it the right way. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's had some success. He's done some good things. We still see Fitz tragic a lot. I mean, he threw two dumb interceptions in the game the other day against the Jets. So, yeah, they know what he is as a football player, and they were. They were dancing the fine line of, oh, man, we're kind of getting good, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing some pretty good football, and this team's fun to watch where, yeah, he gets a little following, and whether the, the, the success of this year you know, makes more pressure on Tua or whatever else, or if they decide to do this a little later on down the road when maybe they were five and five or something like that, or even a better record at six and four, that would be really difficult. That'd be hard to sell to your locker room. If they got down here and it was, you know, six and four, seven and four, something like that, and then they pulled the the cord, man, right now is the time to do it for Tua, for the organization, the team is ready. I think they probably didn't start him week one because of the injury, and they just wanted to make sure he, they took it slowly and he was physically hitting on all cylinders before they put him out there in harm's way. Uh, and it makes sense from that standpoint. It really does. And we'll see where they go. We do. Like we said, maybe he can maximize more out of this team, this offense, and uh, with his own ability than a guy like Fitzpatrick can. They're hoping so. It's just does it happen this year or will it happen next year? Another important factor we have yet to discuss as it relates to this decision to go from Fitzpatrick to Tonga Vailoa, we're not privy to what's happening in practice. Well, we don't see what two is doing, and we don't know what the mood of the locker room is. Yeah. You know, we, we, we can look at this and say this is a move for the future. There are going to be guys in the locker room that say, screw the future. We got a pretty good team. We want to win Definitely. now. Yeah. And, and, and you're either risking that blowback or – those guys are on board with it because they know two is the better option if you want to win now. Well, I, I, that could be a very real possibility. They, it might have got to the point to where down in Miami, two is starting to you know open up some eyes on a daily and weekly basis. The people are starting to go, wow, whatever that is. And yes, I think your point about you know Ryan Fitzpatrick doing well, things like that. Are there plays and reads he misses and leaves meat on the bone every now and then? Uh, I'm sure there is, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's the great story about Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's, I love to say that, Hey, they were the number two seed. He was the number one quarterback in football quarterback rating. Why would they ever change quarterbacks? Why would they have ever drafted? Oh, that's right. Cause numbers can lie. There could have been a million other plays that were there to be had that Patrick Mahomes would have took advantage of. And Alex Smith didn't. And that could be a very real possible part of this situation too, to where they go, Hey, it's good for Fitzpatrick, but we think that we can do more with this guy. We might, again, have to take a step back as he kind of gets a feel for the league or whatever. But again, I think the greater good and what they're going to have to try to sell to their team is their best team that they can possibly be will be with Tua at quarterback. It just might not look like that the first week or two when he gets in there. Three years ago when Mahomes was on the bench, Travis Kelsey was on this show and the issue came up of the things Mahomes is doing in practice. Yeah. Kelsey was over-the-top effusive, and that's one of the reasons why I'm thinking, well, as this offense sputters, and Andy Reid's the one that stood up and took the flack for it. It's not the quarterback. It's me. And it really is amazing in hindsight that he allowed Smith to, to have that final season, to take it as far as he could, and, yeah, they got to the playoffs, but they, they didn't come close oh. to the ultimate goal. Right. I really do. I can't help but wonder. And and I wonder how the locker room felt about that. Now, look, some of those guys were there two years later when they finally get their Super Bowl rings. But there may have been some guys there in 2017 thinking, we got a shot of getting our Super Bowl ring now. And it's a testament to how Andy Reid controls his team. You know, some coaches are going to have a problem in the locker room in a situation like that. Others aren't. Reid's a guy who's not going to have that problem. But... We'll see if Brian Flores has that problem. We just don't know. And here's the other thing we don't know, Chris. Here's a, we, we can't assume that this is a decision of the coaching staff. We will, and it probably is, but you may be getting some pressure from above well, to put Tua out on the field. Yeah. Because I heard back at the time, Tua wasn't a coaching staff pick. 
Tua wasn't a GM pick. Right. Tua was an owner pick. That was the fallback when they couldn't persuade the Bengals to do a deal that would have allowed the Dolphins to get Joe Burrow. Tua became the guy for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, well, I, I heard the same talk. I know we had a we had a lot of conversations on the show and privately back then that we felt like that was going on, and we talked to some people that we trusted that we felt like, yeah, the owner was very involved in the pick, and certainly, and wanted to get that you know marquee name and you know face of the franchise type guy. You know, I'll, I'll go back to something I think you said a little earlier. You know, there's always a bust in the top 10 or whatever. There's We've got two guys that we've shown to be good. Well, I think that's put pressure on the situation, too. I mean, Joe Burrow, yeah, he's taking a beating, and they're not winning a lot of games, but every game he's impressive. I mean, again, last week, I know they lost, but they're not good. But he's like he's one of the shining, you know, beacons of that football team right now. So I think between that and then they see Justin Herbert and – they it probably start. Ooh, okay. These guys they're not overwhelmed. They're ready. Our guy went to Alabama. I mean, he's ready. We know that. Let's not be afraid to throw him out there. And I think you know, I, I think that probably nudged them a little closer to making this decision as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the, those factors cannot be overlooked because as we see other young quarterbacks do well, the owner, if he was involved in any way, and one of the privileges of being a billionaire is you don't have to tell people directly what you want them to do. There are ways to drop hints, and if people want to continue to be employed by the billionaire, they will act on those hints. Now's the time to find out because you know what? It's not like the fan base is going to get upset and not come to the games. They hardly have any fans there anyway yeah, because right. of the pandemic. Good point. Let's build some excitement for next year. Let's see what Tua can do. Let's find out whether or not we have a guy that's going to come out and be durable. That's the one big thing I'm concerned about with Tua. No doubt. Yes, I want to see if he passes the eyeball test. But when he suffered the fractured hip last year at Alabama and I started talking to GMs about what this does to his draft stock, the one thing that stood out to me, Three lower leg injuries, three lower body injuries in three years at Alabama. Will he be durable as a mobile quarterback at the next level when he has a lower body injury every single year at college, where even though the SEC is the cream of the crop that rises to the top, boom, very bingo. Well, well done. Thank you very much. The NFL is a different ball game altogether. Yes. It, and, it, yes. And, 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 you know, the one critique you've had of Tua he, he doesn't avoid contact, and he takes a lot of awkward hits, and you start taking awkward hits from NFL players, and you're not going to be playing for very long. Yeah, that, that's what's scary. It, it is. I mean, yes, SEC is amazing. It's got more NFL defense alignment than any other conference. It's not even close, but there's still a lot of defense alignment in that conference that will never play in the NFL, and there's still a big jump to, put the, to what you're saying. I mean, when you get on the NFL field, the defensive ends are all LSU. You know, it's it's just it's different. It's they can all fly. They can all go. You're you're gonna you have to be a special type of runner. He was a good runner in college, not special. And then yes, he plays small and has, you know, a little bit of that recklessness that listen, we've talked about, whether that's Carson Wentz or Josh Allen a little bit, to where the play just will never die for him. And he might hold the ball to the very last second. And because he's a smaller guy, man, he took a lot of big hits. And he's not as fast as like a Carson Wentz or a Josh Allen. So that's what I do worry about. I really do. So we'll see what it's all about. He looked comfortable in the game last week, looked cool in the number one. I like the way he looks. You know, I love a, a lefty quarterback out there. That's great to see. Um, but I did have my questions about him at Alabama. I did. Thought he was really good. But, you know, their offense is still really good there right now. They're still just tearing it up, going up and down the field. And I just want to see, was it him or was it maybe more them? And that's where I kind of had my questions. And I want to see, is it something that will point to Tua being the guy who doesn't work out? Did they get the wrong guy? Because Justin Herbert is flourishing, even though the Chargers are one and four and Herbert's yet to win a game. There are other ways to determine whether or not a guy's that's getting right. it done. Herbert's yeah. clearly getting it done. Right. We'll know quickly whether or not Tua is getting it done. And he does get the baptism by fire. Sunday, November 1. Oh, baby. Los Angeles Rams coming to town. Now, I don't know if that counts as bingo, but we are going to refer to the Miami Dolphins schedule here. <laughs> Let's do you it. mentioned it earlier. After the Rams, they go to Arizona, which is not going to be an easy win, but they're not, they're not a team you write off, not after what they did 
to the 49ers in Santa Clara a couple of weeks ago. Right. Then it's the Chargers. How about that? Justin Herbert and Tua on the same field yep. competing with each other to justify who's better at five or six at the Denver Broncos. Not a gimme, but but not not like going to Kansas City. And then at the Jets, there's a win. The Bengals, boy, we got the round robin here. I know. Now, too bad Herbert wasn't playing when the Chargers and the Bengals got together in week one, but two is going to get to face both of these guys yeah. over the next several weeks. And then they do have the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Bills to end the season. But, hey, look, I'm not going to write them off. When you look back at who they've beaten, That's right. the 49ers – you know, no, no, the, the the Jets and the Jaguars, okay, but to beat the 49ers, yeah, at a time when we thought they, they're going to find a way to work through these injuries, they're they're you know they're they they should win the games that they are supposed to win, 43 to 17, that got our attention. I'm not ready to write the Dolphins off, but I think that that they understand it's about laying the foundation for next year. Let's see what we can do this year. But the more reps he gets now, the better he's going to be in the future. Give him the opportunities to let the game slow down. Don't throw him into a week one next year in a full no, stadium. Right. Hopefully it'll be a full stadium. Yep. And and it's and and you're just wondering. And yeah, if you somehow pull an inside straight and get the seven seed, and you have people saying, What happened to Fitzpatrick? It, it just it doesn't it doesn't set up it doesn't for the set best up. possible circumstance. Exactly right. You put the guy with a lot of a lot of pressure on him. I mean, the microscope would be on him. It's, it's as soon as they lose a game, they're like, "Oh, well, should they have drafted him? Should they have stayed with Fitzpatrick? They're one and one." I mean, I don't know if he's the face of the franchise, so they don't want to hear that talk. You're right, and I think to your other point too. You know, you don't want to be into week one next year starting your first game and playing in the NFL. It's just not good. The NFL quarterback. I, I know you've heard me say it a million times. It's just. You can practice all you want. It just nothing's going to get you ready until you get out there in a real game. It's just there's a, it's different. It doesn't matter. The game is never perfect on the on the real field as compared to practice. People tearing your head off, having to adjust on the fly. Nothing beats being out there and getting that experience. And Mike, you know, the other thing you talk about, like with the schedule, yeah, it's 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 great because you look at all those teams, you know. You talked about, yeah, they beat the 49ers and the other two wins were kind of, bleh, you know, Jacksonville and the Jets. But, damn, they got impressive losses. That's, that's I think, the thing I'm, I'm intrigued by or, you know, like, like opens up my eyes. Hey, they were tough on the Patriots. They were tough on the Seahawks. And the Bills game was a shootout back and forth. And not to say the Bills are the best team in the AFC, but they're still a good football team. So there is something here. And, you know, bye week, you got the Rams – you know, I, I think I think they looked at it and went, oh, okay, yeah, the Rams, we know they're a little bit better than us, no doubt. But I think Flores thinks his team probably matches up really well with them. You know, you saw what the Giants did to the Rams a few weeks ago. Patriots, ex-Patriots uh, coach up there, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator of the Giants. Brian Flores is going to have those same type of New England type of scheme that we saw New England shut down the Rams in the Super Bowl with. And he's got really good corners and those type of things as well. And the other thing that I think is a little bit beneficial with the Rams, the Rams are really simple on defense, Mike. So it's a game where, you know, he's not going to have to do a lot of mental gymnastics and be like, what? I don't know what coverage this is. I don't understand this. This is some crazy Baltimore Ravens, everyone standing around. The Rams are kind of like, nope, here we are. It's cover three. It's man-to-man. Quarters coverage. That's it. Can you block 99? Okay, that's that's all. We're, we'll see what happens. And that kind of is, is helpful for a young quarterback, too, to play a defense like that. What will you be looking for? November 1, Rams, Dolphins, as we're watching all of the games unfold. When Tua goes out for the first time, what will you be watching for to see whether or not he's ready for this kind of competition, especially with not just 99, but also Jalen Ramsey on the other side. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the first thing, and I think you would agree here is we're, we're, I'm, I'm big into the look test right off the bat. Just how does he look? How does he look in the pocket with everybody around him? You know, what's his presence on the field? Does he bring a little edge and attitude to the football team? What, what is it exactly there that he brings? And then, yeah, I want to see what his arm looks like. In, a, in an NFL environment. I do. He threw to a lot of wide open receivers in Alabama. Uh, I want to see him like, can he, when he's got to step on the pedal a little bit, and it's tight coverage on a, a 15 yard out route. I want to see, can he, can he zoom it in there? You know, what does he look like running around as far as his size and his movement that way? You know, those, those are things I'm not sure about, you know, Baker Mayfield, that was my big concern about him coming out in the draft. 
And, it, you know, it's coming true. That's what scares me. Big Baker Mayfield, the pocket gets around him. He can't see anything downfield, and he panics, and he looks at the pocket, and then you don't know where the throw is going to go. I mean, he'll just throw it. So those are the little things I worry about with Tua and that I'll be watching for in that, that first game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I think they're doing the right thing, whether they make the playoffs or not, whether they win another game or not. This is about building for the future, yeah. and this is about seeing what you have. Do you have your franchise quarterback? They really haven't had one since Dan Marino. They've tried. Yep. They had Chad Pennington for a year where it all fell together, and they won the division the season that Tom Brady suffered a torn ACL week one, and still the Patriots won 11-5, and five, but the Dolphins won that division when Pennington landed in their laps because the Jets went out and got Brett Favre. Other than that, they've had a hard time developing quarterbacks. They've had a hard time identifying competent veteran quarterbacks they could bring in. They yep. thought they had something in Ryan Tannehill. They gave him an amazingly long amount of time, and it has to be killing them. And maybe this is a factor too, Chris. Right. It's got to be driving them crazy that the guy they invested six full seasons in is now tearing it up for the Tennessee Titans and looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully they learn their lesson. I don't think the Do this Dolphins regime is going to make these mistakes. You know, they never really set Ryan Tannehill up with anything to be successful with. So, what do you, I, you know, again, what do you expect? It's a little like the Jets right now. They're in the similar spot. Poor Adam Gase. He didn't build either one of those teams, but he's same thing. Like, hey, at Sam Darnold's good, but how good do you think he's going to be? I mean, who, who, who there is going to make him great or that offense great? And it's the, it's the same thing they did to Ryan Tannehill. When you draft one of these top 10 quarterbacks, you know, the next thing you have to do is give them a supporting cast to justify the quarterback in the top 10, make your investment look good, get people in football to go, oh, your first round pick looks, you know, your top 10 pick looks good, get the media and the public perception around that pick going in the right way. That is the right way to do it. And, you know, that's where they messed up. Now, right now, they got it. I mean, with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, they got a little run game going. Mike Gusecki is starting to show like he's one of the best pass-receiving tight ends in football. They got these young offensive linemen. They're kind of doing good. So they've, they've got the support already here now. And now it's like, okay, now the quarterback's up to speed. He's healthy. Here we go. Let's see if he can take off with the rest of the offense here and show us something. And at least I think they got the formula the right way for it to be successful. We'll see whether, whether or not it works. Wouldn't it be fun to do a little mad scientist thing and start moving some of these quarterbacks around? Oh, I think happens. about it all the time. I, I, yeah. I, I thought of it when you mentioned Darnold Mahomes. Just flip-flop those two. Right. Put Sam Darnold in Kansas City. Put Pat Mahomes with the Jets, and let's see what happens. Yeah, right. I still think, you know, Mahomes would still do amazing things, but yeah, would they would they be much better? I don't know. Maybe they're one, they win one game right now. Maybe they win one. But yes, they beat the Chiefs. They, <laughs> but that's that, it is it is a, I do the same thing. It it is a fun exercise and I think there's, you know, something to be said about that as awesome as Mahomes is. We you know, sometimes I do feel like we forget. You know, even that that was my thing with like Troy Aikman the other night a little bit. He kind of was talking about Josh Allen and oh, he finally got some weapons and I wanted to be like, well, yeah, Mahomes always had weapons, you know. It's that's not always fair. He had the best tight end in football, one of the best receivers in football, one of the best play callers in football, and that helped them show what he really is and can be as a player and now he's the best player in the sport. Given what's gone on over the last 24 hours on Twitter, I'd say Troy Aikman is happy to be called out for his Josh Allen take. Instead of the, oh, the, I forgot about the, the that. Fly, the flyover stuff. Oh, God. Hey, every mic is hot, folks. Every mic is hot. For anyone out there in the industry, anytime a microphone is floating around, assume anything you say can and will be used against you, even if it's being tw twisted and warped and taken out of context and used unfairly, as I think it is with Troy. But that's all we need to say about that. We're going to stick to sports and what we're going to do when we return. There's some players in Dallas that would like to maybe move coaches around. And they're not happy with what's gone on in the Mike McCarthy regime, reportedly, allegedly, whatever the case may be. We'll start taking a look at the discontent in Dallas when this Wednesday edition of the Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting 
lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Well, how about this? The day after the Dallas Cowboys fell to 2-4 and four on the season, and there has been plenty of criticism about the coaching staff, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. We've got this from Jane Slater, who has been embedded with the Cowboys on behalf of NFL Network. And she says, Cowboys players initially bought into keeping things internal. Now as they sit 2-4, and four, the discontent is leaking out. On the coaching staff, quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Whoa. End quote. Another, quote, they just aren't good at their jobs. End quote. Well, tell us what you think, anonymous player who won't put your name to it. Look, I'm always, always. Yeah. And not always. I can't say I've always been this way. I've been in this 19 years as of November 1 with PFT. There was a time when we would traffic in anonymous opinion because it can be interesting it can be controversial it can gather clicks but ultimately i don't know how reliable any of it is anonymous fact makes the journalism world go round i don't want to turn this into a journalism lecture but you know people leaking facts without attaching their name to it watergate never happens if you don't have that leaking opinion without attaching your name is a tougher one to sell yeah because I don't know who the guys are. That's right. You got to tell me who if it's if it's Ezekiel Elliott that feels this way, it's one thing. Right. If it's Ben DiNucci, the backup quarterback, who will probably never play a meaningful down in his entire NFL career, if it's him, I really don't care. Yeah. What if it's the defensive so, tackle who's not playing good and he's like getting yeah. benched, right? And he's just mad. Like you're right. You don't. Right. That's that's the or, issue. Or somebody who got chewed out yesterday morning in the film room for having a horrible game against the Cardinals. He right. got chewed out. Yeah. And as soon as he's done, he picks up his phone and he starts texting these quotes. That I I need to know more to understand whether or not to give them any credibility or any right. credence. But it is interesting. It is. I mean, we're talking about it half hour into the show. Yeah. So there is. I don't want to say value. But there's a certain extent of rubbernecking that goes on when you think maybe there's a car crash over there on the other side of the road. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely. First off, I mean, I think there already was a car crash on the side of the road when you talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, now it's like it's burning on fire and we're all stopping and we're like, whoa, look at all these police lights and it's on fire. Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a disaster. First off, Jane Slater, I went to college with her. She's awesome. She's connected down there. So anything she's reporting, I mean, yeah, she's being told by players down there. I certainly don't want to discredit anything she's saying or doing because I can promise you she's on top of her game and what's being said there. But you're right. There's always discrepancies and things like that when you hear opinions and yeah, the team's doing bad. But regardless, it's just not a good look altogether. When the, when the play on the field looks that way, you know, there's this mismanagement of coaching situations. There's been turnover on, you know, turnovers on the field. There's been blown coverages and mistakes on the defensive side of the ball. You know, just when you hear this, it just, you know, adds fuel to the fire. And you're right. We don't know how true it is, but it's just a little alarming when you're talking about a team that's, I think, showing signs of dysfunction or maybe not being prepared or whatever you want to say to some of those quotes on the field on Sundays 
And, you know, when you hear things like this, sometimes it'll just help people maybe think the perception is real or, oh, that's why they're not playing well. They're not prepared, all those things. So it's not a good look for McCarthy or the Cowboys. There's another element to this that I find fascinating. Yeah. Because you typically will have that tension in a football organization between the people responsible for getting the most out of the talent and the people responsible for finding and acquiring the talent. So is it that the coaching staff isn't properly developing and utilizing and coaching the talent that is there, that is competent, that is capable of winning? Or is it that the people who are responsible for getting the players aren't doing a very good job and even Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll, and Bill Belichick all on the same staff couldn't do anything with it? That happens from time to time. It happens with losing teams. What makes it more interesting here, ownership are the people who yeah. acquire the players. Right. And and so and, and look, I don't want to go too far inside baseball, but I'm not the sports league that set up my own in-house media conglomerate that embeds reporters with these teams to cover these teams while being paid by the league. And the network is partially owned by the Cowboys. I just can't help but wonder. At one level, are the Cowboys okay with this getting out because it takes some of the heat off of Jerry Jones? And at a higher level, was it instigated in any way by the general manager, i.e. ownership of the team? So there's a lot of layers and levels to this as to how this came to light. I mean, it's possible it just happened without any thought whatsoever. Yeah. But when you consider the fact that it's coming from the in-house league media operation that is 132nd owned by the Cowboys and they've got an embedded reporter there who's with the house network you just you just and 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 you don't have a GM who can be at odds with the coaching staff it's ownership that would be at odds with coaching staff you just you just can't help but wonder what what really may be going on yeah I I mean I I hear what you're saying I I don't know if I I would necessarily you know buy that that part of it uh, not to say that that hasn't happened before in the history of the NFL or anything like that, but you know the Jones ultimately are responsible for this coaching staff, and that I mean that's their first issue. So I don't think they'd want to throw more you know flames uh, or fan to the flames here as far as you know throw oh, more fans to the flames. More, is that you what know you, said? you don't want another fan on the flame. That thing don't will throw, go crazy. Don't throw more fans to the don't flame know, because They're very it'll flammable. really burn out of control. I think I might have stumbled out of something there. I like that, but yeah, I think you know. With with that, you know, people were already questioning McCarthy higher and some of this stuff. So I don't think the Jones family would want that out. I think the bigger thing here is, again, it's the defensive coordinator and the defense itself, right? That doesn't mesh. The coach and what he coaches, the players and who he has, they're not they don't schematically fit together. One was for a different defense, another now they're playing another defense. That doesn't work. That you can certainly b- blame on the Jones family, no doubt about it. But um, it hasn't looked good. We've seen, like we've talked about, some bad management of the games by McCarthy. You know, they seem bewildered on the field at points where they're confused and everything like that. And, you know, what's going to happen too now is it's like all the stuff you heard about McCarthy and Green Bay towards the end, those bad stories, the Bleacher Report article that Tyler Dunn wrote, all those things are going to start to get – they're going to start digging into that crap again here. That's what really is concerning to me if I'm Mike McCarthy or the Cowboys where people are going to start to, oh, maybe that was real or maybe we should call some other people in Green Bay and they'll have some more stories for us or whatever that may be. And I think that's what's going to be annoying for Dallas going forward. Let's hear from Mike McCarthy who addressed the report yesterday in a session with media members. Well, I mean, I mean, first off, I mean, I haven't been part of any of those type of discussions. I, I think, like a lot of things, uh, when you when you hit a, a part of your season or, or, or any challenge where there is negativity out there, you know, where and where it comes from and who it comes from. I mean, that's that's something that you know I've, I've never chased, but I, I think you do have to recognize it. Um, and I just really go back to my first meeting with the football team. Uh, I've always stated this uh, to every team that that I've, that I've uh, coached. Uh, I think it's important to handle things as men. I mean, if you do have something to say publicly that, that is of, you know, of most importance, I think it's important to say it to the individual. 
uh, particularly in, in, a, in, a, in a group dynamic setting. And you know, and I agree with that. I mean, it does give us content and it does make for some interesting discussion, but you prefer that people deal with these issues directly. And I think the litmus test is the folks who are willing to bring it up internally and have that conversation. Those are the ones who deserve the credence and the ones who are going to run to media and provide an anonymous quote, not attach their name to it. We'll assume it's the disgruntled second string defensive lineman who got chewed out in film study that morning yeah, that yeah. it really isn't something that needs to be taken seriously but the problem is it's out there it came up at his press conference and it's now something that people will be watching because as you said chris the fumes of that linger right from the latter days of mccarthy's tenure with the green bay packers yeah and you know i i, I feel for him it's, it's a really tough spot you know he took over a team with really high expectations they wanted to change things there in Dallas. And, of course, we had COVID-19, and it's really hard to implement a new culture and all those type of things when you're you know, in that, that sort of circumstance there. Now you lose your quarterback, who's arguably the best player on your team. And, I mean, I don't know, the way it looked on Monday night, I think it's very fair to make the argument he is the best player on their team and that they they even undervalued him there in the Dallas area as far as how good he is. We'll see where it goes with – with Andy Dalton, but uh, yeah, everything is concerning there right now in Dallas, and McCarthy was not put in a position to set up because of what was going on in the world, and then also was not in a position to be successful because of kind of the Jones and their roster building, and then the hiring of Mike Nolan, and that not making sense and meshing with the roster, you know, that, that's tough, that, that's tough. I don't know what they expected there, what kind of results they expected to, uh, to get with, with, with that type of formula. Yeah, I agree with you. And the, the the pandemic really has affected a bunch of teams differently, yeah. but it makes it even harder for the teams that have new coaching staffs to hit the ground running. So the teams that have done well with new coaching staffs, I think we should be even more impressed that they've overcome the obstacles created by the pandemic, at least so far. There's still 11 weeks left in the yeah, season. Right. Here is Jerry Jones from 105.3 The Fan. He still does those two a week, which is good because he doesn't do the post-game scrum. That's one thing Shereen Williams misses about the pandemic because after every game, Jerry Jones would would stand there with microphones and and phones and, and boom mics in his face while he answers questions for a half hour. We don't get that anymore, but we do get him twice a week on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Here he is talking about Mike Nolan plus a little McCarthy on the Cowboys' defensive scheme. I liked the way that we came out last night defensively, and I thought that we were uh, had a good plan for the skills of Murray and what uh, the Cardinals presented us. I'll uh, be very candid. These aren't excuses, but we're sitting here talking about them early. His defense has had a very difficult time with field positions where we've gotten the ball early. I'm, I'm okay with Mike Nolan. I am. We're not just going to run a scheme or run a scheme just because that's the one we like. I mean, our, our job is to make sure that we're putting players in position to be successful. Now, with that, we have to be accountability to that and to their skill set and, and how it all fits together. Now, they also have to be accountable to the fact that um, maybe a scheme or, or technique that they've done in the past may be easier or, or they liked it uh, differently than what we're asking them, is, but, but we feel it's in the best interest of the team. Well, you know what? McCarthy in a roundabout way is making it clear that it is about coaching. It's not about how good the players are, that it's on them to identify the right scheme, implement the right scheme, and yeah. that, that's what coaching is. Yep. I remember when Mike Zimmer had a conversation with me I think the year he got the job in Minnesota, the light finally went off for me that it's not about what your scheme is. It's about who your players are. And you take who your players are. And yes, yeah, some of them fit what you want to do, but you have to adjust and adapt. Once you figure out what they do well, what they like to do, what they don't do well, that's good coaching. I remember when Hugh Jackson was with the Raiders. Darren McFadden had been disappointing. What did Hugh Jackson do? Say what you will about his time with the Browns. This is back when it looked like things were maybe going to work out for Hugh. He goes to Darren McFadden. He says, what plays do you like to run? Yeah. It's that simple. Right. Right? It's about understanding and having that relationship with each of your players where you know what they're good at. You know what they're not good at. You put them in position to do the things they can do. You don't ask them to do the things 
they can't do. You work on them to address their flaws, and you see if maybe you can take something from the can't-do category and slide it over while I try not to move my microphone to the can-do category. Right. That's coaching. Yeah. And the way that McCarthy just explained it, it's like, okay, Mike, you got the players. It's on you. It's on you to turn it into something. And it's pass fail. And so far, you know, but for pulling a rabbit out of their butts against the Falcons, they'd be one in five. Yeah. No, I I mean, I I hear you. It's not good that way. Now, you know, hey, offensive line, not good. All those things. The one thing I'll say. With respect to McCarthy, he he just he'll never throw his players or anything like that under the bus. He really won't. He was phenomenal about that in Green Bay with always kind of taking the heat, and he's got to do better and do all that stuff too. And you know, I hear what Jerry Jones is saying. The defense has been put in some tough spots. There was some good things they did last last uh, Monday night, this past Monday night in the game. I mean, Kyler Murray, you know, he he had a hard time finding open receivers and getting completions. Uh, but yeah, still at the end of the day, there were some big plays and they never made a big stop in big moments. And that's kind of been the, the whole year for them. You know, the, you can coach. I get that. You want to adapt and everything like that makes sense. I get that. But I think with the, the story on the defensive side of the ball is, you know, there's only Mike Nolan coaches a certain way. This is what he does. This is what he knows. So yes, he can change within those limits of, okay, I play and coach defense like this, but when those players don't even fit within those limits, that's when now you're asking the defense court, hey, can you run another defense that you've never run before ever in the history? We know we hired you to run the other defense, but you know we messed up and gave you the wrong players, so can you run a defense you've never coached before? You know That's what they're doing, and that's to me where I don't give a crap who you are. You, know, that's, you can't overcome that. You know, now you're asking the coach to be totally different, reinvent himself. And, you know, the only guy I've ever really seen be able to do that to where it's, oh, we're a 3-4 team, and then the next year we're a 4-3 team is the evil genius up in New England. I mean, he's the only guy I've ever known to see to be able to do that. So uh, that's where I would say it's not fair, uh, and Mike Nolan's trying to take it like a man there, but, but realistically I don't think he's in the best spot there all the way with him and his coach's staff. One of the best things about the Cowboys being coached by Mike McCarthy, as the games go poorly, Mike McCartney, an agent with a verified account on Twitter, gets a lot of heat from Cowboys fans because he's not doing a good job with the Is team. Is that right? That's and hilarious. Mike, and Mike McCartney has fun engaging with these Cowboys fans oh, that's who think he's Mike McCarthy, and then they become apoplectic at the fact that he's responding to tweets during the game. Because oh. they still think it's Mike McCarthy. It's I great. Love it. It's great. You need to need to follow Mike McCartney so you can see the fun that he has with Cowboys fans as Mike McCarthy flails during a Cowboys game. Let's take a break when we return. Airing of grievances. And I got one that's come up in the past, but I feel even more salty about it than ever before, Chris. That's oh. tease. Although, Ooh, I like you don't it. have to look around very far to figure out what I'm talking about. More PFT Live right after this. Hi, Dabo. Uh, this is Greg Logan of New York Newsday. I'm working on a story on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, man, uh, we're popular in New York uh, these days. Uh, so uh, appreciate you, appreciate you joining us. Uh, so n- nice to nice to meet you. Um, We've got nothing else to look forward to. <laughs> it, isn't that a conversation you try to have not during a press conference? Uh, I don't know. I'm I not a like it reporter. though. He's, he's like, Wait. if I'm working on it, if I'm working on a Trevor Lawrence story for Newsday, I probably am going to try to get my answer from Swinney on a phone call so I can then use it in the story before he otherwise says it to the world. But I like that. And yeah, we're going to be hearing a lot about Trevor Lawrence to the New York Jets or the Jacksonville Jaguars or whoever else. Chris, there's ten teams right now in the NFL. Mike. With one win or fewer, oh. 10 out of 32. It is setting up for the greatest, I don't even know what the word you would say, the greatest fight for one player. Don't try. I'm not going to. Don't, don't spitball. I was going to say purge or something. I don't even know if that works, but that was going to come out of my mouth. But this, I just thought there was going to be a word that starts with an S and ends with a T in well, there somewhere, hey, I mean, and I did not want I mean, it We're to on happen. digital. can I say those things? But no. <laughs> no. But either way. It is really setting up to be something amazing. 
I mean, I'm, 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 I really feel that way. I kind of said this on the podcast last week. Pete Demolitolitis will tell you to where you're right. With all these bad teams, and a lot of them need quarterbacks, and then some of them have quarterbacks where I just go, eh, I don't know if you're going to be able to pass up Trevor Lawrence if he's sitting there. I mean, if you're the Jets or the Giants, that's going to be a really interesting conversation. So uh, I don't know. This is going to be amazing to see what happens here unscheduled grievance that I'll just mention right here because yeah. this is one of my regular go-to things. Right. There needs to be a draft lottery for the NFL. A what? There needs to be a draft. A draft lottery. Yeah. They need to have a lottery. They need to re remove the incentive to try to be the worst possible team you can be. Just take all the non-playoff teams and give them all one ball each in the hopper and do it that way. Do something because it there is an incentive to tank. And there is a way to do it that takes away the tanking incentive, and I hope that's what the NFL will eventually do. I just think the NFL is committed to never saying or doing anything that would cause any legitimacy for the idea that there is an incentive for the non-playoff teams to be as bad as they can be. Well, I, I, I get that, and you're never going to get coaching staffs to do that because they're going to be, oh, wait, we might get fired next year. The so Buccaneers did in 2014. Well, yeah, okay. The Buccaneers coaching staff was that, on that's, board. With yeah, you know, it's one in $75 million. That's great, okay? But other than that – it, it's it can happen. I know it can happen. It's just rare. I, I but, but, I, but I get what you're saying. I do, um, and I was going to make a point, and you got me off schedule here with Sorry. what the hell I was going to say, and I don't know. So Sorry. go ahead. What was your other grievance? Here's my other one. Here's my yeah. other one, and we don't have a whole lot of time, but this is a very simple concept. I hate the current structure of the NFL's conferences and divisions. I hate it. It looks good. I don't like the idea that out of four teams, every given year you're locked into this four-team division, and one of those teams is getting to the playoffs and they're going to host a game. I hate it. It's not fair, and it's never going to change because every owner can look at it and say, hey, we got a one-in-four chance every given year of hosting a playoff game. Why would we change it? It needs to change. It undermines the integrity of the game. When you have a team that's going to come out of the NFC East, most likely with a losing record this year, and host one of these great second-place teams from the NFC North, South, or West, that's wrong, it's unfair, and it keeps the best teams from advancing to the more important rounds of the playoffs, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think there has to be something maybe done a little bit. You're, I don't disagree with you there. You know, I don't want to see a, a an eleven and five or twelve and four team going on the road this year playing a seven and nine uh, home home playoff team. But Happened it's a 10 tough years one. Ago. That's where I and don't the know where it beat goes. The Saints. I mean, what did the Seahawks so, beat the Saints? But what would you? Said, oh, that means the Seahawks are a better team. Okay, no, but what it would means you want? Had the home field advantage. What would you want two years? Two years ago, the Chargers had a better record than the Patriots. Did you want that game at the Chargers Stadium? I mean, yes. they weren't better than yes. the Patriots. The schedule just fell that way. They got owned oh. by the Patriots. So there's I think an they argument should have that. I wrote a story about this yesterday. You can check it out, PFT. I think they should go back to three divisions per conference. That's what I think they should do. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.